Alright, even. Thank you for joining me. I am the mystic man here. And I don't just call myself that. Actually, uh, I spent most of my life as a timid person, believe it or not. Very timid. I didn't really open up and talk to anybody until I was an adult. I believe I was 25. I spent most of my life silent. I talked, you know, but only to respond. But I never opened up about my heart. I never opened up about how I felt about things. And when I did open up and speak a lot of times, I only said what I thought that other people wanted to hear. As a Libra, I guess it's um, a desire to be diplomatic, but I didn't see, I didn't realize what I was giving up, what I was not just giving up, but also building. Something that I would have to tear down later, very painfully. And sacrifice. The false persona, the false image of myself. And of course I would do it a million times over, and I do whenever there is a false idea built by another of who I am. Now, who a person is it has nothing to do with a lot of the things that we tend to try to append. And it has little to do with a name, although in the magic circles it has everything to do with a name. Well, I would argue that yes, perhaps, but that name is not known to us. It's known to God. And the aspects of one's life and the crucible of suffering gone through in trying to discover what is true, what is valid. What is impermissible? Are the desires of finding that name? Who am I is the one question that is resolute upon all other questions fundamental and as the topic of this show and episode is the Kansas City Shuffle it is very important that I go over and explain 
the fundamentals of self, because that's where it all begins. The identity. And that's where the first split in irony happened. As we look at Genesis, there was this split from self. This split from God is the first self-denial. You're listening to Star Seeds Angels Savant Syndrome. Your host, The Mystic Man. Thank you for joining.
Alright, so it could be said that the Kansas City Shuffle is the whole point behind intelligence agencies, which we really should call disinformation agencies. If you've listened to my former episodes, you would note that I talked a lot about the media being the CIA. Now, there's a very important thing that I believe the value of has been lost very, very deeply. Integrity. Now, of course, through the years, certain regulations have been put in order. For instance, the Freedom of uh, Information Act. Right. Yeah. So much for that. I guess it's still in play to an extent. After all, I wouldn't have been able to read some of the documents that I did if it wasn't for that, but there's been a loss of sincerity. That loss of sincerity has cost us a lot. According to RT News, 21 trillion. Yeah, 21 trillion. I believe it was said on that episode of RT that um, it's enough to where if you put down a stack of dollar bills and those dollar bills were really $1,000 bills, it would be six miles high. Maybe it was more, I don't remember. But that's still a lot. Even a mile high is a lot. I wouldn't even figure it would be a mile high. But wow. Yeah. It says a lot. It says a horrid amount of a lot. And the belief that everything is okay, that everything is fine, is the exact tool and method and worry that makes way for the Kansas City Shuffle. It is the oldest trick in the book, the most oldest from Genesis. And it has a lot to do with the snake, but it has more to do with Adam, I would say. The reason I say that is because Adam was not accountable for his actions. He tried to give excuse by blaming the snake and blaming the woman and then he blamed God. Self to know. And it is relevant entirely to the manners in which we all fail each other Society, 
ourselves and God each time that we do. Excuses. We give ourselves excuses. And what is an excuse? An excuse is where you claim a reasoning when you already have contradictory reasonings that you put to the side and put down and hopefully forget about in order to opportunistically claim the one reasoning most comfortable is the only reason with reason. It is a loaded bowl. Now, why would we desire that? Well, you know, there is a multitude of dimension there. All cascading outwards from that one single denial, first denial. And the historical reference is everywhere. But you might not find the whole truth. In fact, you probably will only find about half. Half is fair, right? Right? So in these modems, in these aspects, if you will, of consciousness, where we are in denial, are also the specific pathways and specific formats in which those who are intelligible of those existence use in order to fool people, in order to trick and append a falsehood to distract, to get what they want. It's completely demonic. It is entirely demonic. And it makes only perfect sense that, of course, the most demonic of religious organizations and cults would desire to be within the intelligence agencies because they be able to hide in the dark and use the modems they're used to. Now, the thing is, is that, of course, fair is fair, right? So, the thing is, is that not all organization members are wicked like that. In fact, I tend to believe that nobody is inherently wicked. It is a fault. It is a falsehood tricked into us. The heart is always aiming true. The heart is always aiming true. And that's something we can depend on. It's something psychological. A subconscious nature. And thank God. Because with that, we can see the truth. We can find the truth in every lie. We could see that the truth has always been desiring to be shown even from the liar. Just as so, we have things such as Freudian slips, or projection, or 
a criminal returning to the scene of the crime. And we know this in criminal psychology. We know that there is a innate part within every criminal that desires to be caught. Why is that? I think that the fundamentals within that are entirely um, overlooked. I mean, underlooked. I mean, both, really. However you want to put it. It's not given its value. It's not given its credence. And it should be. It definitely should be. Because in that, we allow the authentic look at ourselves in self-discovery for the foundations and fundamentals of what makes a human being human. It used to be humanity. To me, it still is. What is it to you? What makes a human human? There should be a link somewhere around the description of the show. Please click it to leave me a audio message to let me know what you think are the fundamentals of humanity. I will not mock. I might giggle about it if it's really funny, if you say something funny. I can't tell, you know. The thing about a laugh is a laugh is uh, accidental, right? But I will definitely honor it. And I do mean to be on air for my next episode, so please do. Or at any time you listen to this, please do. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. You can also join me for an episode on air for the entire episode if you like. To do that, email me through the email left in the description. Or just find me on any platform. I'm all over the place, really. Um, you could Google me. You know. Well, well, well. What do you know? Seems it turns out that my analytics shows the age range that listened to my show the most has changed. It used to be that most people who listened to my show were between the ages of 23 and 34. Now, it moved over to being more 28 and 34. And uh, the most over here on the right, 45 and 59. That means that I'm reaching a more mature audience. Oh, and look at this. Wow. 48% female listeners and 48% male somehow uh, 5% non-binary 
uh, the math, don't worry about it, I guess. That's just uh, sourced through Spotify. Oh, they're adding the one percenters. The one percenters don't count as a gender. <laughs> I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, yeah, so females and males are both equally listening. At first, when I first started, it was uh, mostly female, and then it moved over to mostly male. Interesting. And France is getting caught up with. Yeah, I remember um, France was my number one listener for ever. It still is, of course. And um, the reason for that is they have a lot of uh, English programs. Hello, my French listeners. I don't know how to speak French. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening. And j'aime vous, I think, right? Well, France is at 45%. US is at 42%. That's been a steady climb. Very impressive, US. Canada is at 1%. (laughs) It's probably my grandma. Ireland is at 3%. Oh, interesting. Right on. You know, when I first started this show, well, I used to use a different platform. I think I still route my RSS feed through there. In any any case, um, what I discovered after a while, I didn't do episodes every day. (laughs) No way. Very rarely I did episodes, maybe once a month, but it still hurt when I discovered my analytics. Nobody had listened to my show. For the first year, I shared it, and you know, and ironically, I think those were my best episodes. Like, I personally think, like, I love those ones. Like. The way that everything came out was fluid. I didn't have uh, any cool music or nothing like that or anything really. Just me taking walks and talking. And a lot of the stuff, well, two of the episodes actually, I ended up using for a documentary that I did a while back, a couple years ago on um, emotions, hidden emotions, hidden dynamics of emotions that we don't really seem to respect in our society these days, when we should. We very much should. It was called Nanya Business. Because you don't get to see that. Unless you look really hard. If you look really hard, you'll find it. But you'll have to search through my stuff. And I have a web. On the web. I've got a network. On the net. And it goes this way and that. And... And it comes down to center. And when you center yourself... Well then like the spider web 
got a spider on you. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have a spider on you. Don't trip. No. When you come down to center, I don't know. I've never been in center, really. I just keep going. I'm getting closer, though. You know, weaving my web. Which sounds horrible. It sounds like a really, like, mischievous thing, right? Because we are afraid of spiders as humans. But the spider is a very noble creature. I shouldn't say creature. It's a really noble... God. Yeah. Yeah, we should call the animals gods. I think so. It was said that, um, at least in Edgar Casey's sense, that before the, uh, the sons of God came together and formed man from the aspects of themselves, well, they looked like animals. And really what it was, um, I mean, in his sense, in the way that he put it, was that when you, in the spiritual realm, when you felt a way or you expressed a way, you would become that way, and that way would become a form. And that form literally looked like certain forms, which would make sense. It does. In a very practical kind of um, everything is based on a foundation of consciousness kind of way. Uh, Schrodinger had the same concept. That's what he said. He, he, he believed that uh, the consciousness is not within the brain, but exterior of this dimensional realm. Entirely. Which is amazing. It's an amazing concept, really. Beyond his time. In any sense, um... Let's go back. Uh, the spider. The spider is a very noble being. The spider works diligently. It goes and it travels on a really, really random seeming kind of way. It just kind of follows its heart, right? And it goes. And it survives. Not always, but I mean, it survives for a while. <clears throat> and it finds a branch or it finds a spot in the ground and digs a hole or it finds a sometimes it makes a bubble into water and lives in that and that that's amazing sometimes a spider will hatch from its egg and it'll float up into the outer space past the ionosphere because it's lighter than oxygen that's right we have space flying spiders that'll literally go up in the outer space and then come back down at birth that's hardcore these are amazing creatures I wouldn't touch them I don't you know they creep me out too but I respect them some people love spiders you know I I I, I, I admire their diligence and their hard work and their faith actually probably one of the things that they have the most power in out of everybody out of everything they have so much faith you know they build a web somewhere right it's like how did it know i don't know it just did and it built the web and one of those web strings meant that it had to cross across a river freaking half a mile wide somehow and 
hook onto another branch and then get that web. I don't know why it did it, but it did it, you know? And you know what? It builds its web and it connects all the linkages. And then when it's done connecting all the linkages, it starts going in a circle. Right? And we use that term to explain like, oh, going nowhere, but that spider is going somewhere. That spider is finding center. And it goes in a circle until it finds it. And then it sits. And waits. Doesn't get impatient. It doesn't cry. It sits and waits. And then something comes along and it smashes the web. It's a bear. Didn't see where it was going. How rude. But the spider doesn't blame. And the spider doesn't cry. The spider gets back up. And it does it all over again. Still hasn't eaten yet. What an amazing, amazing god spider being. And it finds center again. That guy's got to be hungry by now. She, excuse me. And she waits again after she's done building it. Amazing. That amount of patience. That amount of faith. Wow, it's amazing that eventually a bug comes. And perhaps it flies or jumps. But it gets caught in its web. Or spiders sometimes it'll jump in front of the thing because some spiders don't have webs they dig holes you know all kinds of crazy ways that they do but they have patience and they wait it's like how did it know that's a good spot it didn't stake out the spot no way I mean what you know it'll be like three canopies up in the forest in the rainforest like dude. Well, I guess there's a lot of bugs flying around everywhere in the rainforest. Anywho. Amazing things. You're listening to SASS, Starseeds, Angels, Savant Syndrome. With your host, the most mystical man. No, I'm kind of mystical. I'm okay. Middle ground. You don't have to you know, there's no most in there. It's fine. You know, you don't even have to put a the. I just do because nobody else seemed to do it. There's a lot of mystic men. Yeah, that's right. I'm very, very normal and casual. There's just lots of us. Most of us are rappers. Look it up. <laughs> there's a TV show I heard. Yeah.
this just in from a lay dundis just in as in 22 hours ago from 9 a.m. on Sunday November 8th so yesterday just in yesterday well you know that's the thing is that the media is not covering stuff at all they are covering made-up stuff but 22 hours ago and it's only got 45,000 views excuse me likes 861,000 views 91,000 shows that's not enough America has 300 million people this doesn't even have 1 million views but it should it should and it is relevant very relevant and I entirely agree with everything that she says here if you are an American citizen or not this is a very historical moment an educational one for the sake of our sincerity authenticity integrity when we go about our day and we have our daily debates that are going on these days right it's good to keep in hand a nice sense of humility because sometimes things are more important than we allow ourselves to see here she is hey guys human rights attorney lee dundas here uh i have some late breaking news from you right now it is 1 30 east coast time saturday uh the days after the election uh, i just got off the phone on a conference call with uh president trump's campaign and their lawyers i'd like to go over some of the data that they imparted um the first thing to know is media does not call elections folks i repeat media does not call elections elections are done in a standard way that is set forth in our democratic process um and what donald trump wants the world to know at this point is this is no longer at this juncture a fight about a president or presidency. This is a fight about the very bedrock mm. of our constitutional republic and the democratic process. You cannot have a free country if you cannot trust the electoral process in that country. If we have widespread voter fraud, we are no different than all of the banana republics across the world, third world countries, communist countries in which I do work. So at this point, Donald Trump isn't fighting for a president or himself. He is fighting literally for the democratic process, for the electoral process and the integrity of it. And here's the thing, if we don't win this and get rid of all of this evil and this, these electoral inconsistencies and these voter fraud issues, we're never going to be able to have a safe uh, election again in the future. And the Republican Party or any party is never going to be able to fairly compete on a level playing field. So this at this point is about much more than who's the next president. And he is absolutely in this to win this, guys. Okay, so I want to get you up to speed on a few of the states that we've all been watching like Hawks and obviously the campaign is as well. In Arizona, they have late ballots that are still dropping. They are uniformly breaking in favor of Trump, such that Biden's lead uh, is down to about 20,000 when a few days ago it was five times that. They are going to continue to break in that direction, and if so, we should be good to go. If not, when it's within 1%, there's an automatic recount, as I understand it, and or uh, a party can request a recount. Georgia is already going to a recount. The Secretary of State there, Brian Kemp, is a Republican. 
Uh, he is a sane guy. They have lots and lots of overseas and military ballots that are still outstanding, and it is likely going to be weeks, I repeat, weeks, before Georgia can be properly tallied, um, which means no at this point should be calling the race. Also, they have evidence of illegal ballot harvesting in multiple counties in Georgia, and they believe the recount, they know the recount, is going to shine a light on this, bring all of the fraud to the surface, <clears throat> excuse me, to the surface, where the ballots that were not properly cast can be invalidated. And again, once they handle this, then we know how it's going to shake out, and it's going to shake out in Trump's favor. In Nevada, they have 58,000, if I did not misunderstand them, mail-in ballots that still haven't been counted, and 68,000 provisional ballots. There are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of voters who never should have voted in Nevada. Lawsuits have been filed. Clark County DA's office has been notified, as has William Barr in the Department of Justice. Uh, all of those investigations are being commenced. Uh, and again, once these inconsistencies, anomalies, and straight up uh, election issues that never should have occurred have been handled, uh, we have a close race there, but it's a doable thing. The other thing to know about Nevada is 90 days out, guys. Apparently, their uh, legislature or government which rammed through changes that allowed for massive mail-in voter, and their voting lists weren't up to speed. They, they weren't properly pruned out and weeded through. Uh, it resulted in hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of ballots going out multiple times, two, three, four times over to people at different addresses, and we all know where that ends up. Uh, again, these are things that need to be cleaned up in future years. Pennsylvania. They have 80,000 mail-in votes and 105,000 provisional ballots still outstanding. Uh, Biden thinks these are going to break in his favor. The Trump campaign has reason to believe otherwise, particularly with the provisional ballots. Um, as we all know, the Trump campaign was a barred. They were actually prevented from having observers uh, in the process, even after the courts ordered Pennsylvania to stand the hell down and let us observe. Mm -hmm. If you don't have transparency in a voting process, you don't have democracy in function, or in fact, you don't have a constitutional republic. Um, all of this stuff is now coming to light. They also, like Georgia, have thousands of overseas and military ballots, if I didn't already uh, mention it. And as we are learning, uh, and the Trump campaign is well ahead of us on this, they had statistically impossible voter turnout which has already been referred for investigation. And they have multiple cases of counties curing deficiencies in ballots. And we all know what that means. Uh, putting addresses on them and signatures on them when they didn't arrive with them and doing things that should never be allowed in any sort of honest election. Uh, again, these are the types of things that are coming to light and are being handled by the Trump campaign. Wisconsin, there were tons of irregularities on election day. The recount is starting next week. I just want to conclude with this, guys. There's a recent study that came out, literally I saw it this morning. Mathematicians, statisticians, and economists are concluding, not opining, these are subject matter experts who have conclusively now weighed in and said that the Biden math is not just statistically improbable, it is statistically impossible. And I'm gonna give you a couple of key quotes from this. The voter turnout in Wisconsin apparently annihilated the historical record of 66% by almost 30 percentage points. The odds of this occurring are 0 0.00000. That's five zeros after the decimal point, guys. 0.00000189%, or one in 52 million. 
Statistical analysts have noted that this five-point deviation was not only a statistical improbability, but a virtual statistical impossibility. I am reading direct quotes from this article, which will be in the, in the comments. Biden also pretty clearly fails an accepted test for catching election fraud that is used by the State Department and forensic accountants. For what it's worth, I'm continuing to quote, there also happens to be a record number of 90-year-olds registered to vote in one year during a, pandem a pandemic, more so than at any point in Pennsylvania history. Nothing suspicious there, right guys? Final quote, and here is a list of over 14,000 dead people. I repeat, here's a list of over 14,000 dead people who either voted in Wayne County, Detroit, or were registered to vote. Again, guys, we don't have a democracy. We don't have a constitutional republic. We don't have jack squat if we don't have transparency and honesty in voter turnout, in elections, and in our presidential run. What we are fighting for right now isn't who the next damn president is. It is the very bedrock of our country. And if we lose this fight, we lose all. The other thing that Donald Trump wanted you to know um, is there are three things that we should stand by and be ready to do. One, if you can possibly donate, I know we've all donated, but now is the time. Uh, DonaldTrump.com is where you can donate, guys. They are not, this is not a rallying cry for donation. This is just, you know, obvious, guys. They're having to maintain thousands of attorneys at this point, and you need to get the attorneys paid to do this work. Secondly, if you notice any voter irregularity, at all, or you hear of it at all, you should report it to the Trump uh, folks, and that can happen at 1-800-895-4152. Again, that phone number is 1-800-895-4152. And the last thing we need to do is stay ready. We need to go to rallies. We need to go to protests. This is as much a spiritual and PR battle and a narrative battle at this point as it is anything else. We need to not just let uh, President Trump know who is fighting for us that we're fighting for him. We need to let the world know where we stand on this. So go to your rallies, go to your protests, wave your flag, and make damn sure that you turn any sort of monkey business, funny business, or shenanigans over to the proper authorities. And you should also notify Project Veritas. If you don't know how to reach them, private message me. Take care, guys. And you're entitled yeah. to eliminate... So, how about that? Yeah. I think that's something. That's something. It's kind of what a lot of us have been saying all along. It's nothing new. It's only finally coming... Uh, as a statement that's well wait the president of the United States did come out and say that so it's pretty much the beginning but no we all just go on about our lives like that doesn't matter oh and then he goes and gives a speech at the United Nations talking about globalists and their aim to take over the governments of the world. Explaining that they have already called for it and explaining his hopes that other countries would also deny. Because any globalist people of wealth better self-appointing themselves with no electoral process. That's fascism. 
And let me tell you why it's important. Now you might think that, oh, we're very far away from World War II and the horrendous acts of World War II. No, we are not. That was not that long ago. At all. And if anything, the people of that age were more intellectual. That should worry you. It's been worrying me since before this whole event happened. If you don't remember, I say it a lot, but I wrote a petition starting off writing it last year. In it, I explained the aspects such as the eugenics programs that have been going on throughout our recent history even in America. I talked about the really horrible racist things that have been recorded, published, verified, and not even denied by the people that caused them. If you didn't know, there is a lawsuit going on. I, I believe it might be over, but it might still be going on between the Johns Hopkins Center, the Rockefeller Foundation, which by that I mean the Klaus World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I might be uh, mistaken one of those organizations actually for another. There might have been one extra other thing and then I don't know if Bill Melinda Gates is involved actually. <coughs> I um, but probably in a very racist racist human experimentation lawsuit, an antitrust lawsuit. I believe it was Guatemala. This is an old thing that happened. I believe it was uh, maybe in the 1950s. But it just uh, recently got, well, it got let out to the public uh, in Obama's time, actually, in Obama's administration. And uh, now they're going through the lawsuits and paying off people over a billion dollars with a B. And here's the thing, is that these organizations literally have been caught doing human experimentation racistly. I'd like to remind you that the Rockefeller Foundation was founded by not just the Rockefeller family, but the Gates family. It's right. Their connection goes back all the way to the beginning of the 19th century. Or would that be the 20th century? I'm sorry, I always get that confused how they do it. 20th century, yeah, because this is the 21st. So yeah, the beginning of the 20th century. And yeah, that's when they took over the medical industry, if you did not know. And they were racist then. Nazis got their eugenics ideas, their, their, their 
whole the whole thing that happened with the Holocaust that came from America. That was an American thing that we were already doing here. We were sterilizing people. This is history. This isn't a secret. This was what we were doing publicly. Sterilizing. And what is that thing where they... Uh, vasectomies and doing vasectomies. And oh, there was even one where they cut off the clitoris of like a lot of women just because like they decisively figured that the women had really big clitorises and they didn't like it or something. It was that's horrid. What the fuck? Imagine that. I want you to imagine that right now. If you're a woman, or if you have a a, a sister, mother, a, you know, just imagine it. If you're a man, imagine your dick. Imagine that armed horses come to your door to cut it off. We're not that far away. And that's what happens under a fascist dictatorship. That's what happens under a communist rule. In China right now, hundreds of thousands of Falun Gong but their organs, any, any Chinese citizen is subject to have their organs taken while they're alive. Just fucking show up and boom. And that, I didn't know that until this year. And I feel ashamed that I didn't know that. Because that is horrible. That it's a crime against humanity. They should not have to worry about that. We should not have to worry about that. Nobody should have to worry about that. If we're going to claim any ounce of humanity in us, of us, and deserved towards us, then we have to act like we deserve it. By being that. And standing up for humanity. There is a saying that the Q movement brought along, and I don't mind if you dislike them or like them or what for me I just liked this the quote the saying I believed in that where we go one we go all it's a very deep point uh, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or on the right or on the North of the South, color skin you are. It says a lot. It says a lot to the amount of power that we can have as a species. And I don't mean by force, I mean by compassion. I mean by loyalty. And sometimes force. But as a species, together, we can accomplish anything. There's nothing out of our bounds. Nothing out of our reach.
grasp you together. Thank you. What a crazy year. I know I've said that enough. But, um, yeah, it's also been a kind of good year. You know, just been good things. Um, if you've invested in Bitcoin, like, um, everybody's been trying to tell everybody. Well, the people who know what's up are trying to tell everybody. And I've tried to tell a lot of people. I've just been making money, just like chilling, really. You know, I mean, I make money from my podcast and I make money from my articles, but, um, <laughs> yeah, not like, uh, it's Bitcoin. I don't know. I don't know. It's like I have the intuition with it or something. Like, I know when to sell and when to buy, and I always have, really. Um, I remember when, uh, I first got into stocks. I immediately just chose the right one and um, it was in the pennies and penny stocks and and uh, at the day that I chose the exact day that I chose it did shot up um, a good amount too I think like I think like uh, 200% or something I don't know something crazy you know, and it was cool, right? And uh, same with Bitcoin. Same with Bitcoin. I didn't get it in the very beginning. I wish I did. You know. But um, yeah, I've had some really out there scenarios where, like, there was this one time actually where I had a credit card hooked up to my Coinbase account, and the credit card was old. It was like four years old. And it still was hooked up. It was like dead. Like I hadn't used it in forever. You know, like there was no account at all. But for some reason, Coinbase still had um, their system hooked up to the API for the my bank, my former bank. And I was like, huh, do I still have an account? I don't know, maybe. Does it work? And then there was the option maybe to like choose to put in 20 grand <laughs> and I was like dead broke you know I had no money at the time and I was like I mean what, what am I gonna lose right you know I, I'm already in debt <laughs> and I did it and I, I probably nobody else would have done that but I, I, I pressed it and it went through and I was like oh my god and just like that that very same day that Bitcoin shut up for a long time, that it um, was just chilling, it shot up. That was one of the uh, first spikes in a while, I think, or something like that. And I made five grand. And I had to pay back the, of course, 20 grand. But just like that, I made five grand out of nothing, out of debt. <laughs> and I and a bank account that didn't exist. I, I think my higher self, it just guides me or something. I don't know. Must be it. And like, 
See, the thing is, is that I don't really care for money, really. You know, I think that's probably what it is, too. Like, you can't just, like, be greedy and go into it and, like, wanting money, you know? Like, at all, really. Because, um, that's not the right place. But, yeah. Um, it's been like that for me this year, too. Buy, sell, buy, sell. And I like it with Bitcoin because Bitcoin, I'm not really, um, I'm not really like buying like a company. Like Bitcoin isn't a company. If you did not know that, like there is a website, you know, somebody bought the domain and that sure there is a company under the domain called that, but, but the coin itself is open source. That's what blockchain is. And uh, yeah. So there's no like company behind it. It's humanity. I think that's the beauty of it, really. The um, responsibility it depends on us. And in the Bitcoin system, there is a complete incentive and mode and um, you know incent incentive for people to keep it running because on each end there is a person getting paid you know and transaction happening it's great it's genius and um i think it really reflects nature i think it does they say that the bitcoin even resembles the fibonacci sequence which is why people are making so much money off of it because it's really literally going in a sequence like in a measurable chartable sequence it's very simple i guess you know i mean of course exterior things can alter it but well you know if you don't um if you're not doing anything with your money i very much suggest Bitcoin. i do it's it's more viable it's more practical it's the future and um yeah it's, it's probably something somewhat important, too, because with all the inflation going on with the dollar bill, you know, they're printing out, like, trillions or something like that, like, every day. It's not good. It's not good. Like, I mean, I'm not too sure about it, but I'm pretty sure, you know, like, that's how companies that, I mean, not companies, but countries that, like, are broke... You know, those countries that are, like, using thousands of their dollar whatevers in order to buy bread. It's, like, weird, right? You know? Imagine that. Like, wh why even do that at that point? Why not just, like, have another dollar bill or something that represents, like, a thousand of those or something like that, right? You know? I don't know. Print some more. <laughs> just make it make sense. You don't, shouldn't have to carry a barrel of uh, dollar bills just to buy some bread anyways um yeah that's happening to us in america and we asked for it and it's gonna happen like pretty soon probably yeah, we've been looking at it for a while i think that the most reliable thing for us right now is Bitcoin. If you don't understand the technicalities of it, 
it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. You don't have to know the code to understand the the factors and the practicality of it. Basically, it's like this. It's like, imagine you and I make a deal, right? I'm gonna buy your car. So I give you the money, you give me the keys, and we shake hands. And everybody in the world watches that transaction and records it. Just like they watch and record every single other transaction. And we do the same. That's how it works, basically. It's that every single node has the entire record of every transaction. And since that happens like that, and since every time that a transaction happens, all of the nodes look and verify and check every, you know, all of the info again, it's like, uh, it's really hard to beat that. As far as I know, as last I heard, the core technology behind it still has yet to be breached because you would have to hack at least 51% of all of the nodes that are on the blockchain globally at the same time and make them do the same thing, which is possible. It is possible. There is a technology of a virus that can do that. If you did not know, the world was saved some couple years ago not even that long ago by a kid that actually looks kind of like me it's really weird and he's got a story that's a lot like mine too a lot like mine i'd love to meet him but he no he um he was a, a hacker kid and i don't hack i don't know that stuff i build um but but he amazingly he saved the world from some sort of virus that it was taking over everything. It was um, taking over hospitals. People were dying because the thing was taking over people's computers for their like life support <laughs> shit. And it was like demanding that they, you know, pay up whatever. And he um, he 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 saw that and he started to try to, you know, basically find a way to stop it and he did he found a way to stop it and he was um he was a hero he is a hero actually his story is amazing i, I wish i could remember his name but um but yeah it's amazing that we live in this day and age you know it's crazy times the stories that you don't even know are going on around you like amazing really amazing stuff and everything matters of course even if you're not doing amazing things your life still matters and I think that it's the whole point of self-awareness I believe it was Buddha that said if you knew yourself true self and you would never hurt another I believe that's accurate I believe that's very very accurate it makes perfect sense and such as so 
when we look at things of denial, when we look at things as manipulation, trickery, the things of the snake, the things like Kansas City Shuffle, which are cool in movies, and a hip thing that's jazzy because it's hardcore in the comics. In real life, it's a grimy, dirty world that's full of unnecessary inefficiencies and people suffering needlessly, people dying needlessly, generally for somebody else that they don't even know, to benefit greedily. And people say things like, well, that's the world we live in. And I say, that is the world that you are, that's the world that you're regurgitating after you eat it up. Like, no, that's not the world that we live in. Because you know what? The saying of it, the saying that it is, is the choice. Duh. If you have a problem with the way that it is, then stop regurgitating it like that. That's what I say. You know, I used to say really bad stuff that I had to learn not to say. Like, I remember I used to say, like, oh, humans are dumb. And it's like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Because then it gives everybody who reads or thinks it and hears it an excuse. And, you know, people subconsciously hear. And then what happens? They believe especially if they trust you that's the, that's the worst part about it we trust people who hurt us and the things that they say become our own inner voices because we love them and such as so the Kansas City Shuffle if you know the way that a person has been programmed quite possibly because you program them then you can make them look left as you go right and then when they look back again we might not be there and now if you take that and you apply it to 2020. Well, what do you think the Floyd murder was? I saw it coming a week before. A week before. And I keep saying, I'm going to keep on saying, a week before the Floyd murder, I was telling everybody. No, okay, I wasn't telling you. I was telling my friends. I said, you know what the most powerful thing that we can do right now is to strengthen the bond between us and our police forces. I said that, and guess what? They freaking did a false flag operation. It's so obviously a false flag. If you look and you watch Justin Timberlake's music video two years ago, two years ago, Justin Timberlake's music video called Supplies, you watch the beginning scene on the TVs. He's got the Floyd murder up in there. He even got people riding in another TV set um, in the beginning part, the very beginning part, on another TV set, 
people rioting, holding up signs, saying we can't breathe. And I know that's been something from before, but it's very specifically funny that, you know, in the picture of the Floyd murder in Justin Timberlake's music video, you have a cop holding down a black man on the street with his right arm, holding him down by the neck, and yeah, you know, and I, I get that like, I don't know, it's just weird, really weird, like, how do you, especially in that music video, you go watch that music video, you'll see, and you'll be like, oh my god, the entire music video is about 2020, like, that's what it is about, it's about 2020. Look at it. They even got. Oh my god, I don't even want to ruin it for you. Go watch it. And yeah, God bless. Uamao, Kaea, Okaina, Hikapono. Oh, humanity.